Hey, welcome to In Doubt. This week we have a special apologetics debate between popular radio host in the UK, Justin Barley, and Apologetics Canada director, Andy Steiger. The reason I'm an atheist and I don't believe in God is because we don't need God anymore. Uh, we've got perfectly good explanations of all the things we used to invoke God for. Yeah, this is something that I hear quite a bit. When we look at atheism, what we're looking at is somebody who obviously doesn't believe that God exists, and I do believe that God exists. When I look at the belief of God, what we're talking about here is, is faith. Hey, my name is Isaac, and you're listening to In Doubt. In Doubt exists to bring the gospel to the many relevant issues of life and faith that we face every day, cultivating conversation. Every Monday, we release a new conversation with a popular Christian guest about a topic or issue that most people can resonate with. Uh, we're across the country in Canada on 13 radio stations and also obviously online. Uh, you can subscribe to Endowed on iTunes and listen on any of your favorite podcast players as well. By the way, this week we begin our three-week live stream Bible study series through the book of Romans with Dr. John Newfeld. On Thursday evening, October 5th at 7 p.m. Pacific time, we'll begin a journey tackling some of the most glorious words in the Bible, honestly. Um, I'd really encourage you to take part in this study either alone or maybe with a group. Just head to indoubt.ca slash Bible study for all that you need to know. Anyways, this week is a special In Doubt episode, which I'm actually really super excited about. Um, I'm going to explain more in just a moment, but what I will say now is that we have Andy Steiger and Justin Briarly with us for this conversation for a debate on God's existence. So let's get into this debate. Well, today is quite the unusual In Doubt episode, and I'm actually really looking forward to it. Um, I have the privilege of introducing two uh, special guests today. Firstly, Justin Briley. He's host of the popular radio and podcast show Unbelievable in England. Uh, yeah, he's joining us, so thanks for being here, Justin. Great to be with you again. Thanks for having me on. Yes, and across from me in studio uh, is a friend of mine, Andy Steiger, who is an author, he's a pastor, and he's the director. Uh, of Apologetics Canada, and uh, he once was my world religions teacher in college as well. So thanks for being here, Andy. Yeah, great to be here. All right, so so here we go. Justin's just written a book called Unbelievable, Why After 10 Years of Talking with Atheists, I'm Now an Atheist. Uh, no, it's actually, no, it's, it's actually not that. It's, I'm like, whoa. Yeah, no, it, it's actually, why after 10 years of talking with atheists, I'm still a Christian. Um, but for the sake of this conversation, we're going to go with the former and, and hopefully, hopefully have a little bit of, hopefully have a little bit of fun. Um, so anyways, I should say this, welcome to Indout's first apologetic debate, uh, featuring Christian Andy Steiger and atheist Justin Briley. So gentlemen, is there any words you'd like to say before we, we start this, uh, friendly, hopefully, debate. Well, all I can say is I, I hope Andy is ready to renounce his faith by the end of today's episode, because I'm pretty sure I'm my debating skills after all these years are, are, are going to be put to good effect on him. I was also wondering if there was a spot where Justin's going to be able to kneel down before the, the cross after this and <laughs> give his life to Jesus. Well, we'll see. We'll see which, which one goes. Okay, so uh, Justin, we're going to start with you. Um, I'm going to give you about roughly five minutes or so to explain your case for why God doesn't exist or, you know, wh why you don't think Christianity makes sense at all. So go, go for it. 
Okay. So the reason God doesn't exist is because essentially we have good ways of explaining all the things that we used to attribute to God. So, for instance, we used to believe that uh, God must exist because look at how fantastically complicated and organized we are as human beings and the animal kingdom and the world is. Uh, we thought there must be a designer behind it all. And that was the way we understood it. We did the same for things like the weather patterns. We always had uh, this this inbuilt tendency to put agency on everything. But as we've become uh, more scientific as a people, as we've begun to understand the world around us, we've realized that all of these aspects of life and reality can be explained by physical processes. So the weather patterns. We know how they're caused and why they exist. We we know that when we pray for rain, our prayers make no difference. It's simply a product of the the physical forces that exist in the world. Equally, the what seemed like an amazing um, design that that goes into who we are and the world around us has equally been well explained by a physical process of evolution. You know, blind forces of nature. And so um, in that sense, all of the reasons we used to have for believing in God have now been stripped away. We, we've got no reason to put God in. Um, Any time that we do tend to use God now, it's a, a God of the gaps. Um, and we quickly find that those gaps soon are explained by physical explanations. And so the reason I'm an atheist and I don't believe in God is because we don't need God anymore. Uh, we've got um, a perfectly good explanations of all the things we used to we used to invoke god for hmm. okay w what do you say to that andy yeah this is uh something that i hear quite a bit and just want to thank justin for his honesty and being on the show and uh sharing with us what he thinks you know um when we look at atheism what we're looking at is somebody who obviously doesn't believe that God exists, and I do believe that God exists. Right. Uh, when I look at the belief of God, what we're talking about here is, is faith. And I believe in defined faith as trusting what you have good reason to believe is true. And so when we look at the evidence and we're looking at which direction is it leading, uh, you know, what, what is the truth? You know, how, it, how actually is the world? And, and as Justin was talking there, he's talking about how uh, this God of the gaps. Well, I would actually posit that there's atheism of the gaps. And that is, is that when you're coming and you're looking at the evidence that it's very easy to posit what you want it to, to come to, especially if you're coming to it with a commitment. And I've already, uh, and I'm hearing a commitment from Justin, and that is a commitment to physicalism, a commitment to a metaphysical naturalism, a, a world in which all that there is, is the physical world and there's nothing beyond that. Right. And the problem with this worldview, and this is the the problem uh, with atheism, uh, one of the problems with atheism, is that uh, atheism is a is a reductio ad absurdum argument. It's a it's an argument that leads to absurdity. It, it can't support itself, and the and the reason is is because atheism is more than just God not existing. In this worldview, humans can't exist either, as Francis Schaeffer put it. Mm. And, and, and the reason for that is, is because it's a reductive ontology. If, if the way that you're viewing the world is all that exists is the physical, then everything gets reduced to the parts of the world. But we are well aware that there's a difference between the parts that the world is made of and the purposeful whole to which things are made for. Mm. 
The problem is, though, is it's always going to collapse on it on itself in atheism. It's going to continually lead back to the parts that the world is made of, just the physical stuff, including humans. And, and in doing so, not only are you getting rid of causal agency of the universe, you're getting rid of all causal agency, including yourself. Justin, he's uh, Andy's made some kind of some big statements about atheism there. I'm not sure. Uh, how, how you'd respond to that? Well, I guess my obvious response to that, Andy, would be that uh, I haven't been given any evidence that there is anything but the physical nature of the universe and us exists, because that's all that we can see when it comes to our science. Um, you know, I, I've never been given any evidence that supernatural beings exist, that uh, there's anything more than the physical nature of what makes us up, that our consciousness can simply be, uh, can be reduced to our brain activity, as incredible as that may seem, uh, that it looks like the way it is. So I, you would have to show me that I've got any reason not, not to assume physicalism and, and just that all that does exist is physical stuff. Great. And that, that's exactly where this goes to is now we want to look at, okay, well, what do we have good reason to believe is true? And the very fact that we're having this conversation is good reason to believe that there is uh, more to the world than just the physical because we're, we're using language. Uh, Justin and I are speaking English, and we're, we're using sounds and, and words that uh, have, have meaning attributed to the sounds that we're making. Now, there's nowhere in the world that I can go, and there's no physical process that I can use to go find out, well, what, what is this thing called meaning or purpose? These things are non-physical. They're beyond the physical world. Uh, they are uh, – so in, in this, then we endow uh, words. In this example, we could use other things, but we're endowing them with meaning. Now, this, now to, to make this argument then, uh, we can see this in dead languages. Uh, when you come to a dead language, say Egyptian hieroglyphics, it didn't matter how much you took physics or chemistry to go study those ancient markings. You're not going to be able to decipher what they mean. Uh, and that's because the, the, the information there is, is, a, is beyond the physical. This right. is something that is found in uh, agents, uh, yeah. particular human beings, in that we're able to endow things with purpose. And in fact, we look for uh, purpose. I could keep going, but I'll, I'll stop okay. there. Okay. Well, J Justin, I want to just ask you something because, you know, Andy's sort of alluded to now and even just before he's talking about really atheism will kind of collapse on itself when it comes to purpose and m meaning. And again, that's a pretty big statement. So, you know, do you find purpose uh, in your worldview? And would you say that there is purpose and meaning within an atheistic worldview? Well, obviously, as an atheist, I don't believe there's any purpose out there beyond us i i don't think that we have been created by anything that intended to give us purpose i simply believe we do exist uh, we are the result of a process of chance but that doesn't mean that we can't create purpose for ourselves uh, so i'm an atheist but i'm also a humanist and i believe that um, we are all endowed with the ability to create our own meaning and purpose and that it's important that people do that but that's equally just something that we ultimately can trace back to our evolutionary history i'm sure that there's a good explanation for why we all need to feel like there is a purpose and meaning to life in order for us to be able to effectively pass on our genes because it gives us a reason for living so i think you know um if you're looking for purpose we can find that 
we create it ourselves and it all ties into ultimately a, an evolutionary scientific explanation of who we are. Yeah, it, one of the things that we're looking for isn't just okay, well, you know, let's let's play pretend and and pretend that I can give the world meaning. Either the world has meaning or it doesn't have meaning. In particular, I'm talking in the objective sense. On the one hand, I can subjectively give anything meaning. Sure. But on the objective sense, I'm asking, well, what is the intended meaning? And this is something that I can't give myself. I can't I can't give myself meaning or purpose. I didn't create myself. I didn't bring myself into existence. This is outside of my control. Hmm. In fact, in philosophy, we'd call this requiring requisite control. You need a certain level of control to be able to give something or endow something with meaning or purpose. Now, more than that, though, at first, Justin started off by just saying that those things don't actually exist. You know, we can, we can give those. Right. Uh, we can we can play pretend like this, but they're not really there. Right. Uh, which again leads to this very reductive, out absurdum argument where things begin to reduce to absurdities again, and the idea being that uh, that it, you your your life in fact doesn't have purpose, but we can pretend that it does have purpose. Interesting. Okay, so you're in, are you living a pretend life? I guess is a question to you, Justin. <laughs> I'm. I think I'm just living um, life the best I can in the circumstances I have. I've never felt like I need God to make sense of my life. Um, I simply do the best I can within my you know limited sphere of abilities, and uh, and and in the end, that's that's enough for me. Um, I I don't seem to need to have any ultimate sort of meaning or purpose. Um, I'm very happy to make the best of the life I have now. If it doesn't carry on after I die, that's that's not a problem for me. I'm, I'm just going to accept that I had what I had. And I don't understand why... Um, why anyone else would feel like they need um, that that we can't say that why purpose has to be handed down from somewhere. Um, isn't that just an assumption on your part that we have to have an explanation in ourselves for, for why we're here and what we're created for? What if there is no explanation and, and we are just the results, you know, of chance? Yeah, so this this again leads, leads to this absurdity. So I, I heard you earlier, Justin, say that, you know, we're just our brain chemistry. I mean, that's that's all we are. So then when we begin to try to live in that worldview, then that means that I've got to accept that the love that I have for my children is is in fact not love, that it's in fact uh, brain chemistry. This is this is mm. just chemical reactions in, in my brain. That also means then that I myself am just chemical reactions in my brain. And again, we're reducing myself to the mm. parts of the universe in, in such that now all all I am is is uh, is a brain and a brain working according to chemical and physical laws and nothing more. Now, if that's true, then Laplace's demon is true as well in this scenario. And his his uh, thought experiment uh, from the 18th century is is quite simple one that if the world's just full of these parts, uh, call them particulars, and if these particulars are following physical laws. Uh, then if you knew the trajectory and you knew the velocities of those parts, then you could predict where they're going just like a billiard game and you could predict where they came from. And inside of this, you lose all free will. Uh, all that you have is, as Carl Sagan would say, is just stardust, right? We're just carbon in motion and that's it. And in doing so, you lose agency. 
Interesting. Now, Justin, what I hear when Andy says that, like from what you sort of how you've responded, Justin, to me, I think your answer would just be like, yeah, that's right. And I'm just living the best I can as this sort of uh, bag or bag of chemicals, you could say. So, yeah, I I think that um, I have to accept that it's possible that um, there is no no real agency, no free will or whatever. Um, if we are living in a deterministic kind of universe. Um, right. But the reality is that I believe in a process of evolution, which has kind of kind of made us instinctively believe that we do have control over our circumstances because that's helpful for our survival. And, and I guess, um, you know, as Richard Dawkins puts it, the universe doesn't owe you a purpose. It does, you know, and, and just because we don't like the idea of, of that ultimately mm. being the, the way things are doesn't stop it being true. Um, okay. So, so I, I guess I'm just facing up to the hard fact that, yeah, maybe we do live in a deterministic universe in which there is no ultimate purpose and which, you know, many of the things we think are dear, like love and morality and so on, maybe they are illusions, but hey, that's life. You just got to deal with it. And, and, and frankly, most people get on just having to deal with, you know, the illusions that they find themselves with. Uh, see, now this gets back to the absurdity again. And the absurdity here is that Justin believes his worldview is true. But if determinism is true, you could never know that that's true. And then it becomes quite bizarre that he would want to convince me that his view is true and my view is false. You see, because his atheism was determined for him, my theism was determined for me uh, on that worldview. And really, you can't know truth. I mean, you could never get to what reality actually is. All you could ever discover is what you were determined to believe. You are just particles in motion, and that's the most that you could ever hope to know. Mm. Uh, again, you're, you're falling into a worldview that is, uh, that is absurd and that is uh, not coherent within mm. itself, because even in this debate, he can't even coherently live in determinism. Well, look, I – okay – that's that's not a bad point you're making there but let me let me <laughs> the problem is that your worldview has all kinds of issues with it as well because if there is a god let's just assume there is for the sake of argument he's doing a really bad job um when you look at you know all the awful stuff that happens if your god does exist and he's all powerful and all loving and all good yeah. why does he allow children to be raped and awful natural disasters to occur uh, and all of those terrible things the, surely this just shows either that your god is evil or that there is no god and these are just the natural aspects of the world we live in and and we can't do anything about them again this uh leads to the absurdity that i was talking about earlier and, and that is that if we're just determined uh and this is just particles in motion then there is no such thing as morality there's no such thing as a way that we're supposed to live. And this is this, by the way, I find it so ironic that Sam Harris, who wrote a book, you know, called Letters to a Christian Nation, in, in which he said very similar things that Justin just said. But then he goes on to write a book called Free Will, in which he argues that there is no such thing as free will and there is no such thing as morality. Uh, you think, well, what are you so upset about then? Right? I mean, how could you charge God against this idea of being immoral when you don't even think morals even exist? So, I mean, you have to be, again, you have to be consistent within your worldview. And if you really are upset about morality, then you have to actually live as though morality does exist, which would be non-physical. So now we're back to this, this idea again. And if Justin's view was to be correct, you know, I mean, if, you know, if, if we want to just follow that out, at best, it would just mean that you don't like God. 
But it, it doesn't mean that God doesn't exist. And so then what we could ask is, well, given the suffering and evil in the world, could it possibly be that God does have a good reason for allowing the mm. world in which he has? Now we're getting back to the idea of purpose. Right. What did God it purpose or intend right. in his creation? Yeah, no, I guess a question for you then, Justin, would be, you know, you say that, you know, it, it, for the sake of the argument, there is a God, he's allowing these, you know, quote unquote, bad things to happen, that that implies that you do believe in some sort of morality. Now, I know you're great friends with Sam Harris, and you're in his in his club, his atheist club, so <laughs> I just want to... That's right. They've added me on as the fifth horseman, actually, recently, yeah. so <laughs> I'm, I'm very uh, honored, yes. Yes, so do you believe in morality? Well, as I said... Um, I think that we we just tend to use the things that work for us, evolutionarily speaking. And that means that deep embedded deep down in us is some sense of right and wrong. But it, it's not given from outside. It's it sprung up from our evolutionary history and learning how we cooperate best together means that it makes sense to get on with your neighbor and do things together. Now, um, that means that we all have a working thing that we call morality and we call good and bad. And and what that means is that that's the way we, we get through life. And, and so we adopt this framework. But it is a subjective one. It's one which is purely an outworking of our, our evolutionary history and what helps humans mm. to survive and me to, to get through life with meaning and purpose and value and everything else that I find dear. Right. But that doesn't mean it really exists, you know, from an outside source. And um, in particular, in, in relation to the, the question of why God would allow suffering and evil, um, I, I can't see why, it, you know, God, on the balance of all the evil that we do see in the world, the, the, the things that stop us being able to flourish as human beings, I, I find it very difficult to see how a God could have enough reason to allow things that just seem gratuitously wrong, like, you know, the 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 rape of little children and that kind of thing how on earth what on earth kind of purposes could you possibly ascribe to to god right, right. that that would make sense of of that i'm i'm a simple flawed human being but even i can see that if i had the power to stop something like that i would stop it in an instant right. so 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 for me that's very strong evidence against god i i absolutely uh, agree with justin that morality does in fact exist and that it is truly horrible uh, and the, there's a there's an issue though here with Justin's thinking, and that is that just because you might be able to come up with a reason, uh, we'd call this ge- the genetic fallacy. Just because you could come up with a reason as to how morality could have come about, uh, that doesn't mean that you're now somehow obligated to follow that. Hmm. Uh, particularly if it, if given this evolutionary idea of it evolving or potentially just being that hey, this is what leads to human flourishing. Justin has moved, especially at the end there, from an is to an ought. Uh, and that there's a way that we ought to behave and that if I see something, I ought to stop it. Right. Uh, but the problem is you, you've, uh, from the atheist worldview, you have no access to that. Yeah. You know, how, how is it that you are moving from an is to an ought and that morality does in fact exist? And now we're talking about something that's non-physical. When we're talking about God, uh, this becomes whole, a whole other conversation now because in my worldview, uh, I'm working off of uh, a theistic worldview in which I'm talking about God. And in Christianity in particular, God has revealed himself, uh, and this is significant so that I can understand what God's purposes are. Yeah. And the Bible explains, and Jesus Christ ex- uh, you know, exemplifies that, that God created human beings for relationship, 
and that we can live in relationship with him and relationship with each other, that this is God's desired purpose. This requires, Christianity would argue, free will, and that we would we could say then that one of the potential reasons why God would allow the type of evil that we do in fact see is an unfortunate side effect of a potential of a world with freedom and love mm-hmm. and the ability to uh, care for each other is the ability not to care for one another. Yeah, that's good. Well, you know, Andy just obviously opened up a whole other can of beans bringing in Jesus Christ. Um, but sadly, unfortunately, I'm, I'm sorry, Justin, to leave you hanging, but we're not going to be able to get into that, uh, unfortunately. That's how I planned it. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, guys, the formal debate um, has now finished, and that was that was very good. Well done, both of you. That was very, very good. Well, thank you. Thanks. If you're if you're listening right now and you're and you're slightly confused, maybe you started listening on the radio and you're it's just partway through. Um, our atheist Justin Barley is actually a Christian, um, so so if you if you uh, if you listen to this sort of fake debate and were convinced by what Justin was saying, um, then I would really encourage you to go read Justin's book, Unbelievable: Why After Ten Years of Talking with Atheists, I'm Still a, a Christian because you are. I just want to maybe you can say that, Justin, so you know, so we know for sure. Well, on, only because Andy has done such a convincing job. I, I've just about. <laughs> hung in there so so yeah but uh, no it was it was fun it was very different i've never done this before where i've where okay. uh, where i've played the the atheist though i have had someone else do it on my show before in fact you may know him randall rouser who's in canada as well um and okay. and, and he he came on a, an edition of my unbelievable show uh in which he played the non-believer the skeptic right as a christian right. and my atheist guest michael roos um, he yeah. played. He played the the best for him theistic arguments, and and, oh, and that awesome. was a very interesting sort of sw- swapping of roles where both tried to make the best arguments they could for the other side. No, that that's very very good. Um, yeah, I, I both of both of you, Andy and, and Justin, you guys are both familiar with Sean McDowell. And the first time I saw uh, this sort of being done was at the Apologetics Canada conference a few years ago now, where where Sean put on a pair of glasses and he sort of played an atheist. And I I found it very helpful actually. And that's the point of even this conversation was to hear uh, from two Christians. Uh, some of these kind of arguments and kind of being fleshed out. So that's why I want to do it today. But I also wanted to mention um, Andy's book also. It's called Thinking, Answering Life's Five Biggest Questions. So b- both of these both of these books are just great apologetic resources uh, for you to get your hands on. So both can be found on Amazon, and I'll, I'll provide links also on, on the episode show page. But gentlemen... Um, I know. I just want to say thank you so much for for doing this. It means a lot. So uh, thank you, Justin, from all the way from England, and uh, thank you, Andy. Well, thank you, Isaac, and thank you, Andy. It's been great to be involved. Yeah, it's great to be with you. That was Unbelievable's Justin Brierley debating Apologetic Canada's Andy Steiger. Again, all the information, including their books and their you know websites where you can listen to Unbelievable, you can listen to Apologetics Canada because they have a, a podcast as well, all of that will be on the episode page. Now, on a different note, I, I want to encourage any listener uh, to let us know what you like and you don't like about In Doubt. You know, we're, we're always open for comments, obviously, and suggestions from those who listen. And, and since our goal and our purpose is to help young adults and really everyone uh, to apply the truths of the gospel into relevant issues that we face, you know, I'd love to hear your thoughts on what we could do to continue that purpose or maybe do it 
better. Um, or, you know, just what, what we're doing that actually is working because that's encouraging to us. So anyways, um, I'd love for you to do that. The best way to connect with us is to message us on Facebook. Just search In Doubt on Facebook and you can like and follow our page there. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at In Doubt Show or Instagram also at In Doubt Show. And if you're into email, you can do that by emailing info at indoubt.ca. So we also encourage any suggestions for topics or guests. Also, everything we do at Indoubt is given out for free, and yet it costs us money to do it all. And we rely on God's provision through generous people who donate money to the ministry. If this interests you, I'd encourage you to click the donate button at indoubt.ca if you live in Canada, or indoubt.com if you live in the States. Well, I'm Isaac, and next week we talk with film critic Brett McCracken on what movies we should watch and how we should watch them. See you then. Indoubt Ministries exist to bring a biblical perspective into the relevant issues of life and faith that young adults face every day. For more information, check out indoubt.ca if you live in Canada and indoubt.com if you live in the U.S. 